Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see you all this morning. And wonder where everyone else is this morning. They're coming in late. Well, they don't they don't get as many snacks, I guess. Hey. I hope you've come ready to worship this morning. Amen. And we're going we're gonna to worship the Lord this morning, and we're going to make our declarations, and sometimes that's we just have to make those declarations uh, in, into that atmosphere for the Lord to hear and just have our faith line up with His. Amen. But let's open in a word of prayer as we get into our time of singing and worship. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity that you give us uh, each week, Lord, to gather together with the body of Christ. God, uh, I just pray that your presence would be here this morning. Lord, I, we don't want to just sing songs, but we want to have an encounter with you. Lord, we need to hear your voice. We need to see your face. We need to be encouraged in our spirit, man, to continue to look to you, to serve you, to find joy in this life, and to uh, even know how to, to fight our battles. Lord, we thank you that the, uh, the battle belongs to you. Lord, all the things that we've come here today with, maybe that have been happening this week or this month or this year, uh, or or this decade even. God, uh, we just want to bring those battles to you, Lord, and help us to know that, that they really are yours, God. The battle belongs to you, Father. Help us to look to you uh, in all of our, in, in every moment, God, in all of our lives, Father, and not rely on ourselves. God, I pray you'd uh, receive our time of singing and worship as, a, as an offering and sacrifice to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's stand as we sing and worship this morning. Belongs to you, and every fear I 
lay at your feet I'll sing through the night oh God battle belongs to you and if you are for me who can be against me For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. Yes, you do, Lord. When all I see is the cross, God, you see an empty tomb. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, battle belongs to you. Every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God, battle belongs to you. Almighty fortress. You go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Almighty fortress. You go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Shine in the shadows, you win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Shine in the shadows, you win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power. Who shakes the whole earth 
with holy thunder, who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder, the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace, this is unfailing love, that you would take my grace, you would bear my cross, you lay down your life, and I would be set that you've done for who brings our chaos back into order who makes the orphan a son and daughter the king of glory the king of glory who rules the nations with truth and justice Shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life, and I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. This is amazing grace. This is a failing love. You would take my place. You would bear my cross. You lay down your life. And I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for. Fire of your holiness. 
We want you and we want nothing less. Fill our empty hands and lives, Jesus. We are blessed when we have nothing left. But to hunger for your righteousness. We want you and we want nothing less. Break the pride that hinders us, Jesus. Let your church arise in truth and grace. Now for the real thing, now for the kingdom come, now for refining. We are more than we become now for repenting till our only cry is Jesus. Now for the promise, now for the church on fire, now for the fullness. We want more than your lives now for your goodness. Feel the whole of Jesus. There's a joy that comes when we won't go. When we lose ourselves, we find your love. We want you and we want nothing more. Break the pride that hinders us, Jesus. Church arise in truth and grace. Now for the real thing, now for the kingdom come, now for refining. We are more than we become, now for repenting until our only cry is Jesus. Now for the promise, now for the church on fire, now for the fullness, and we want more than shall I, now for your goodness, feel the whole earth, Jesus. Let your church arise and shine again. Let's sing it. Shine again, oh, let your church arise and shine again. Shine, let's make it our prayer, church. Let your church unite and shine again. Let your church unite. Let your church unite. Shine again, shine again. Now for the real thing, now for the kingdom come, now for refining. We are more than we come, now for repenting, until our only cry is Jesus. 
promise, now for the church on fire, now for the fullness, we want more than shallow lives, now for your goodness, feel the whole earth, Jesus. Let's sing that chorus again, now for the real thing. Now for the real thing, now for the kingdom come, now for refining. We are more than we come now for repenting, till our only cry is Jesus. Now for the promise, now for the church on fire, now for the fullness. We want more than shallow lives, now for your goodness, feel the whole earth, Jesus, to 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 feel the whole earth. Hallelujah, Lord, that is our prayer, God. It's something, God, we need. We need to see so much now. God, let your glory come and fill the whole earth. God, let the promise that you would send your Holy Spirit to your church to fill us with power and to be difference makers. To be able to bring that hope and life of the gospel to a world that's so, so confused, God. Father, we pray that your kingdom would come, your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. Father, let it, let it begin in this place. In this house of worship at the Journey Church, let it begin here, Lord, and let it begin right here in me. God, let revival come. Let your spirit come. God, let your kingdom come in my life. Father, in that, God, help us to give you our lives. God, help us to give you our heart. Hallelujah, Lord.
it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you only it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise we pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you only we thank you that we can come to you and sing and give you our praise and give you our thanks God no matter what because no matter what happens in our life God you are great greatly to be praised you are good in the middle of life's difficult circumstances God, we thank you that you are always with us, that you never leave us, that you never cast us aside. When the storms come, 
they beat against the house, Lord. We thank you that our life is firm if it's built on the solid rock of Christ. We thank you that you gave us the example of Peter who saw the winds and the waves, but he stepped out on, onto the crazy waters. And he was fine until he got his eyes off you. But the moment he did and he cried back out, you were right there. Lord, I thank you that you give us the ability to walk on the rough waters. That you are right there when we cry out to you. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for breath in our lungs. Thank you, God, that we woke up this morning. You filled our breath, our lungs with breath. You filled our eyes with light. Let's just sing the chorus one more time. It's your breath. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you. It's your breath, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Thank you, Lord, for your Thank healing. You, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Arise, church. He has healed us. We are more than we've become, Lord. He is truth. The world is a lie. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. believe that um, he restores every heart that's broken mm. everyone that's dealing with disappointment and feeling like things haven't gone right but God he has a plan amen
just take a moment and respond to that word and that there's healing in this place. Even as we've been talking over the last few weeks about the Holy Spirit and the gifts, and one of those gifts is healing, and words of wisdom and knowledge and prophecy. And Let's just believe that there's a, a miracle and anointing for healing this morning. And if you need healing in your body, you can come forward into the altar area here. You can stand right where you're at, but I'm going to ask those who really believe that they have that gift of prayer and intercession and healing especially, that they'd go and begin to just pray for anyone who's got their hands up for healing or is at the altar. Thank you, Lord.
God good? Amen. Amen. This is what it should be about. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, we, we always want to leave room for what God wants to do. And, and if, if you missed out, you didn't miss out because God is always God. And if you still want prayer, we could, if you still want a prayer now, I mean, it is, we'll even just you can come over here and pray. We'll have people pray. We'll just continue on with service, right? Because we always need to be open to what God might, wanting, uh, might be wanting to do in our midst. Uh, you can always come for prayer after service. There's always people around, the, the prayer team, the people who, who are waiting for, for you to come, and, and we, want to, we want to do that. Well, welcome you uh, this morning. If you are visiting for the first time, um, Welcome. You know, we're called the, the Journey Church, and it's because we are on a journey. And everyone is on a, on a life journey. Uh, not everyone realizes they're on a journey. Um, some people just think they're just kind of haphazardly flopping through this world. But uh, we're, we're all on a journey. We're all on a spiritual journey of discovering, hopefully, of who God is and who He can be and wants to be in your life. And, and we exist as a congregation to help everyone, including ourselves, everyone, Come one step closer to Jesus. That means just to see Him a little bit clear for who He is and not who the world says He is, uh, to, to understand His love and His grace and His mercy, maybe to get healed or, or, or filled or empowered or strengthened or, or encouraged. And, and it's, that's what it is. It's, it, this life is a journey, and it, and it doesn't stop ever, ever until uh, we're in heaven. And then and that seems like to me just another part of an amazing, exciting journey too. So if you are visiting, welcome. Uh, it's good to have you here. We, we'd love to get to know you. There are a couple ways you can do that. Um, you can fill out a connection card right online, uh, right in the, in the pocket. Or you can go onto our website too, and there's some resources there. You can you know, put in a little prayer request or, or a little visitor card thing there if you want to. Um, but it'd be good to get to know you and where you're coming from. And then if there's anything to pray for, again, online. Uh, th that goes to our, our prayer team, and then also on these cards in the back of the seat, you can uh, uh, fill out one of those, put it in the box, and, and that will be done. And we got a couple announcements, and a really beautiful woman is going to come and give you some announcements this morning. 
announcements and offerings to give Jessie a much-needed break. Um, she's gone this weekend, so um, hopefully she's getting the rest she needs. Um, I hope I get all this right. Bob just handed me this this morning. <laughs> um, maybe I, I can do it. I can, I can. Um, so these next couple weeks are uh, just some really important time for us as believers. We're moving into the Holy Week, Passion Week, and next Sunday is Palm Sunday, so we're going to celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry. Um, not this week, but the following week, we celebrate Monday, Thursday, so that's um, when Jesus was with his disciples, and he was washing their feet and celebrating Passover, then we're actually going to have service here on Good Friday. So let me, that is the 7th of April. Is that correct? At 6 o'clock here. Um, then Sunday morning, we're going to be having breakfast. We've done that the last couple years. So come early at 8.30 and bring your family. Come hungry. We'll have lots of good food. Um then the kids are going to have some fun. They're going to do a hunt. And I've heard that we're going to try to have a 1,000 Easter eggs. So um, <laughs> so invite families and kids and stuff to celebrate that and be a part of that. We also have invitation cards that we are giving out. I think we're giving out eight per person. Um, and we just really want you to be thoughtful, thinking about um, who you would like to give those to. Um, in the past, we have just maybe put them on people's doors, but, but think about who you would like to invite and uh, have a conversation with them, plan to invite them for breakfast and, and spend time with them because really I think that's how we reach people with Jesus is, is through relationship. People want to know that we care. Madeline has been busy working on social media. We even have our services up uh, on YouTube. And uh, we now have an Instagram account. So follow our account, like our account, share our account. Just want to get our church out there. And uh, if, if you feel so inclined in the next couple of weeks to come and do a little project at the church just to get it ready for visitors on Sunday, we, we welcome that. You can connect with Pastor Rob and uh, see where you can be put to use. And I think that's it. Is that yes? Well, welcome, and, and uh, thank you for being a part of service this morning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, before we get into tithes and offerings, I just want to let you guys know that there are a couple different ways to give. 
if we can get the slide up. Um, you can text to give. You can also give on our website. It's really easy. You'll just go on the top corner. You'll see a little button. You click on it, and then you put in your amount. Um, you can also put it in the envelopes. We have boxes in the back. Um, and then you can also mail in. So there's lots of different ways that you guys can give. So as we're preparing those this morning, I have a short word to share with you guys. So I am currently reading through the book of Exodus. And uh, at the beginning of the week, I was reading Exodus chapter 16. And in that chapter, we read that um, the Israelites were complaining as they started to run out of supplies. Um, they hadn't run out of food and water yet, but they were starting to complain and tell Moses, like, why are we here? Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Um, but I was reading this commentary, an enduring word, and it actually never said that they ran out of food, but they, they were starting to. Um, and so they were anticipating that they were going to be hungry. And so after they complained, the Lord spoke to Moses, and he told them that he's going to rain down food from heaven. He gave them bread in the morning and meat in the evening. And in this way, he was showing his glory to the Israelites and that he was faithful to provide. So my own conviction was, how often do I look like the Israelites? Um, I think when we're in hard times, we can often go to the next thing and always anticipate that something worse is going to happen. Um, and this really convicts me as I often doubt that the Lord's going to take care of me and that he's going to provide. But he's always coming in and he's always surprising me and he's always taking care of me, even in the hard times and the hard seasons. Um, and so my encouragement is instead of anticipating the worst, we should be trusting Jesus in all of our circumstances, trusting that even in the hard, he'll, he's going to feed us. Even um, in the desert, he's never going to forsake us. Um, we have the choice to be like the Israelites. We can complain and we can anticipate the worst, or we can trust in the Lord and expect and anticipate that he's going to provide for us no matter what. Um, so... Yeah, he's made a promise that he's going to be with us through it all. And I like that what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. It says, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you, and he will never fail you nor abandon you. So that's my encouragement to all of us this morning to not anticipate the worst, but to anticipate that the Father's always going to provide for us, even in the desert, even in the hard seasons. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and pray for the tithes and offerings, and then we can have the ushers come forward. Father, we just thank you so much for who you are, God. We thank you for all that you provide for us, even in the desert, even when it seems so bleak, God. I thank you for always being faithful. God, I thank you for always giving us what we need and even more than what we need. So I pray as we give our tithes and offerings this morning that you'd prepare our hearts, God, and that you would help us to be grateful and thankful for all that you've done in our lives, um, financially and in every other aspect of our lives, God. We just thank you. We praise you for who you are. We ask that you come and be with us this morning. Fill this place with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.
People online didn't hear that. Book of Timothy does say, stir up the gift that is within you. We're going to continue on this morning in the book of Corinthians, talking about the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. And the reason we're spending some time on this is so that we have a good understanding uh, doctrinally what the Bible says about it, and then we can begin to uh, be open to what the Lord might actually want to do, even as this morning was a little bit different uh, for, for uh, some of you and for us here, um, to just let the Spirit move and, and see if He wants to tell us something or do something in our midst. And the very first, as we've been in 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to be in 12, a little bit in 13 and 14 today. Um, at the very beginning, if you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about it. It says, uh, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. That's why we were spending some time here. We want to make sure that we understand what the Bible has to say about spiritual gifts. And the reason I, you know, of course, highlighted the Bible is because a lot of people have their opinions about what spiritual gifts are. A, a lot of people have their understanding and ideas, so we want to make sure that as we approach this as a church, that we're going right to what the Bible says about it. Now, some of you might have come from a, a background where they said that spiritual gifts uh, don't exist anymore or that only some spiritual gifts uh, exist now, and, and uh, they call that cessationism, that, that they ceased at the end of the apostles. And there's differing uh, viewpoints, and so we want to make sure we're going to the Bible to, to listen to that and to teach that. And my point is not to prove anybody wrong, but to say, well, let's see what the Bible says and then be open uh, to what the Lord is doing and then also to be encouraged then to actually step out and be or do that which God might call on us to be and to do. So we're going to spend uh, uh, one more week here in talking specifically about spiritual gifts before we move on. After Easter, we'll go into 1 Corinthians 13 and really talk about love. Now, I'm going to have uh, my two helpers over here, Rosalind and Sam, pass this out. All right. Just, just give, okay, I do want one of them. There we go. Now, here's the problem with passing something like this out. You're going to read it, and you're going to read it during the message. You're not going to listen to anything I have to say. So I'm going to encourage you not to necessarily do that. I will be referring to it, and we can read it together a little bit. Um, but what this is is a basic breakdown of some of the spiritual gifts listed in the Bible. And, and when I say some, it's, it's most of the spiritual gifts, I think, listed in the Bible, but I personally hold to... Uh, an understanding and idea that I don't think we should be limited to only believing that God gives these gifts. I believe that He can uh, give a supernatural gift or an ability to do other things as He wills. So we're not going to leave Him. But here, this is just a basic um, uh, kind of definition and some scriptures of where you'll find these gifts in the Bible. They're also in there under different types. There's word gifts on page one. Leadership gifts, actually, that should have been page one, but my stapler person didn't get it right. Anyways, uh, so, so page the back page. <laughs> uh, leadership gifts on, on the page two. Uh, we, we go over to um, uh, page three would be power gifts, and page four, faith gifts. All right. 
You'll kind of see that go, yeah, that kind of looks like it might be the page one. Yeah, because it's got the title at the top. Anyways, these are for you to look at, to read the scriptures, do a Bible study on. Um, we're going to refer to some of those texts. I do want to talk a little bit about some of the spiritual gifts today, um, highlighting a couple of, of different things. But I want to, um, we're going to go back a little bit over some of the things we've gone over in the last couple of weeks. I'm going to say them again because it's so important we understand what we're talking about and, and the why. Um, as, we, as we begin this morning, let's go in prayer. Father, I'm, I'm excited. I've got so much inside of me. Lord, I pray that I could just share it. It would be, it would, uh, be your words, God. It would be um, inspired by you. Father, I pray it would be clear. Lord, I pray that you would um, give people boldness to even afterwards say if they were confused or had questions or difficulties or anything, that they would, um, would write me or, or come and talk to me. Um, I thank you for those that did uh, send an email and had some questions. Hopefully that by uh, the end of today, we can have all those that were uh, sent in answered. Father, bless our time in the Word in Jesus' name. Amen. So spiritual gifts, it's, it's something we, you don't always hear about in churches. Some churches really try to just avoid it because it becomes, uh, it can become messy for some. They think it's messy. Um, they think it's a little strange, but... We, we get to the section of 1 Corinthians, and now we're going to spend three chapters really talking about spiritual gifts. The love chapter is not talking about romantic love per se. It's talking about the way that we want to operate in life, including with spiritual gifts. So as, it, as I said at the beginning, it says, let's not be ignorant or uninformed about spiritual gifts. Uh, it, it goes on in verse 4. Uh, I'm going to read a lot of these scriptures and just hit a few and then move on. Uh, there are varieties of gifts, but it's the same spirit. We said this last week. There's a lot of spiritual gifts. There's a lot of things that the Lord wants to give us. And these aren't just talents and these aren't personalities. There's a difference. God gave you your personality, and it was also honed because of your family and all those things. That's awesome. There's nothing wrong with a personality. Your talents, you worked hard for your talents. That is also amazing. And the fact that you can do anything really is a gift from God because you can only move because God has gifted your body to move. And I believe that there are some people who have some talents that just seem God-inspired. We are talking more about spiritual gifts and some of these things we'll talk about uh, today. So there's a lot of them. There's a variety of them. But here's the thing is it's the same Spirit who gives them. So, so it's not the church. It's not a person. And it's not yours. It was given to you by the Spirit. Now, it says that in here that it was given to all to each, in verse 7, is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Okay, go back one verse before that. That's where I want to start. I'm sorry. Six says, there are varieties of activities. It's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. I believe the Bible really teaches, it's very clear, that everybody who is a believer has a spiritual gift. Everyone. So, so you could even look to your neighbor and go, you have a spiritual gift. You know, tell them that you have a spiritual gift and I can't wait to find out what it is. And, and, and because we want to see it in action. So I believe every person has at least, at least one spiritual gift. Uh, I believe a lot of people have a gift mix, more than one. And there are some that seem to go hand in hand as you study them out. And then also as you look at people in their, in their li life, 
Um, in fact, one of the gifts is, you'll see it on there, voluntary poverty. Voluntary poverty. That's one of those gifts like I talked about a few weeks ago that I said I you know, was given. I gave it back because I didn't want it. Uh, celibacy. Um, voluntary poverty is one of those gifts going like, not too many people are like, I hope I have that one. You know, we're kind of like, oh, man, is that me? If you're worried that that's you, guess what? You don't have it. <laughs> it's pretty simple. But there are people that they just live, and they're like, they just don't care. They're like, yes, I don't need anything. Those same type of people, when you give them something, they give it away. They give it away, which means because one of the spiritual gifts is giving, and another spiritual gift is voluntary poverty, they often go together. Not always. But so a lot of people have the voluntary, they just also have the gift of giving. They're like, oh man, can't wait. you could give that to me and give it to somebody else. You go, man, and, and you go, that's weird. I don't know if you think that. Sometimes I see people, I go, wow, that's weird. It, it kind of is, you know why it's weird? Because it's not necessarily me. Now, I, I think I might have a gift of giving because I love, I really love to give. But I can't say I have voluntary poverty. It's probably it's a bad gift to have when you're married. Because if your wife doesn't have that gift, and you do, we're going to have some issues, and you're going to be in my office for counseling. Okay, we have to work on that. So, so there's gift mixes, but everyone, everyone who's a believer, the Bible says, it teaches, I think it's pretty clear, most people believe this, um, everyone has a gift. And now, it's going to just run through some of these right here in, in, in 12, and I just want to hit them real quick. Um, now, before we do, to each person is given the manifestation of the Spirit. So the gift is a manifestation of the Spirit. So whatever gift has been given to you, that is to manifest God in your life. It's not for you to just go, look at me, I got this great gift. It's to actually show, to manifest the Spirit. And then it says, for the common good. Spiritual gifts are for the good of people of the, of, of the body of Christ. That's why God gives spiritual gifts to us is so that we can manifest Him in the world and we can bless and build up the body of Christ. There's, you're going to see that if you read 12 and 13 and 14, you're going to see the term like build up and edify a number of times. That is the purpose of spiritual gifts, and that's why He wants them to give them to us. So, so here's the premise that I'm wanting to beat into us. You have a gift. You need to use it so that the church can be built up. And if you have a gift and you're hiding that gift, you are robbing the church of a blessing that God wants to give it through you. And that's why we need to spend some time here to go, hey, we want to we we do this. We want to activate. I don't have all the gifts. And I absolutely don't have all the gifts. And some people think that the, the pastors or the leaders or just certain people need to do all the work. And it's just so untrue. There's so many things that need to happen in the body of Christ. We need everybody activated. So here's some of them. For, for one is given through the Spirit, the utterance of wisdom. To another, utterance of knowledge. Same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. 
to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. Important. We've said, I said this. It's God who gives the gifts. It's the Holy Spirit. He gives them to who He wants. If you have a problem with your gift, talk to Him. <laughs> this is what, this, he, he's, he's the one who gives out. He apportions it as He wills to each one. We are empowered he, he decides. And then he goes on in 12 and talks about the body. And we're, we, we read that already. So, and he goes to this big analogy of the body being one unit with diff, different parts. And we talked about this. Your body has a lot of different functions. Not every part of your body does the exact same thing. And we need every part of our body so that we can function well. As Christians, we're part of the body of Christ. In order for us, as a, a local body here, we need each part knowing what they're supposed to be doing. Now, if you've ever had an injury, let's say in, in a leg, let's say you've got a, a bad knee. If you have a bad knee, and some of you do, and you don't deal with that for a while, and you start limping around like this, after a while, you know what else you have? You have a bad hip and a bad back because your hip and your back are trying to compensate for your knee. Okay? Simple. Some of you are like, amen. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm doing amen and I'm saying, where do you get your knee replaced? Yeah. <laughs> the body is the same way. When there's a person who is refusing to use their gift in the body, another part of the body has to pick up the slack. And they're now doing double time, doing something that's not their gift, but the, it needs to be done. And so now they're not really healthy because they are too busy. Simple, isn't it? We want to get activated. We want to become who God wants us to be and doing what He's calling us to be. So that whole idea of the, of the body, and it goes on and says, you know, and the hand can't say, you know, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a foot and I can't say this. And you know, we need to not worry about other people's gifts and, and be saying, I want to function and I want to do that which God has called me. Now, there's an awesome part here that will encourage you. You go, I don't really like my gift. And, and I, I just guarantee you there's people in here who go, yeah, I think I know my gift. I don't want that one. I don't like it for whatever reason. One, God, you can work that out with God. We're going to get to a part that's, that's encouraging for you, all this. Okay, going down to um, 27. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God is appointed in the church first. Now, here's some more giftings and, and uh, places in the church or, or, or roles in the church. Giftings and roles. Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles. Gifts of healing, helping, administrating, various kinds of tongues. And then it goes and says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? It's a rhetorical question. And, and the answer is no, not everyone has the same gift. Everyone has different gifts. Um, some people who study this, you can study it. Uh, C. Peter Wagner has done some of the most uh, 
intensive studies in the subject, and, and he's even, he goes in, in his years of studying this, he'll even say in his experience, I love the way he approaches it, in my experience, and he'll start giving percentages. He says, I, I think about 10% about of the body has this gift, and about 3% of the body has gift. And that's just because he's, he's done so much study on it, he kind of sees it all acting uh, in, different, in different spots. And so, you, you know, so, so in, in this group, there's 5 to 10% of the people probably have the gift of pastor. You think, well, what, what page is that? Where, I should have had this ready. Where's pastor? It's uh, page two, which was page one. Pastor, to assume the long-term personal responsibility for the spiritual warfare of a group of believers. That is, that is good, but it's not, I don't think it's, it's I think it's a little too narrow. Uh, the gift of pastor is also shepherd. It's to, to care to care for the spiritual well-being of people, and, and not just for one time. I guess long-term is good that way, long-term. That means that y you might have somebody in your small group. You better have somebody in your small group who's got the gift of pastor, not just teacher. That's a different gift, and often pastor and teacher go together. The teacher is good because we need to learn. The pastor is the person who cares for you, loves you. They, they probably call you. They check on you. They're, they have compassion. They nurture you. That's pastor. So in, the, in this church, there's, there's a handful of people with that gift. And if you're not using your gift and that's it, we need to get you using it because there's a lot of people. I cannot personally care for even this group. It's just too much. I can't know all of your details and all your stories and everything that's going on. I try to, and I know a lot because it's not on mine. It's a gift. Now, I have the, 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 the role of being the senior pastor, but we need other people who are caring for you. That's why we promote small groups so much because in that setting, you've got maybe 10 people and somebody's gift in that. The leaders, it's hopefully the leader, but sometimes it's not is got that gift of pastor, shepherd, and they're caring for you. In your group, you can figure out who it is, sometimes because they're the ones who's checking in on you all the time. And when you talk to them, you feel cared for. Other people call you, but when they call you, you don't feel cared for. You feel like, where were you? Okay, that's not necessarily the gift of pastor. You know, that's sheepdog, I don't know. Get back in the pen. So these are some, some of the gifts. See, so we have, we have apostles and, and prophets and, and teachers and, and people who work miracles. Um, and not everyone has the gift of miracles or of, of healing. Not everybody uh, has the gift to speak in tongues, which we're going to talk spend a good portion of today on that because I think it's one of the most questioned spiritual gift. Um, so... So in this, if you go to, you know, if you, if you go on, on that one, you've got, you know, prophecy. I just want to hit these real quick, a couple of these. Prophecies, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians uh, 13 and 14, it talks a little bit more about prophecy. Prophecy is a very important gift. Now, I want to take off some of the fear with prophecy. People think prophecy is all about telling the future. The word prophecy is proclaiming speaking God's word in a powerful way, it could even be preaching. But it can also be with some foretelling, like 
like strong, powerful stuff of speaking what's coming. And so um, prophecy to receive and communicate an immediate message from God to his people through a divinely anointed utterance in either or both of the areas, foretelling or forthtelling. Foretelling is future. Forthtelling is declaring. Preachers, which sometimes I, I get my preach on, that's, that's kind of prophecy. It's speaking powerfully what God is doing right now. It's really important. Um, so you got wisdom and knowledge, exhortation. That's an important gift to minister words of comfort. It's not just yell at people. Think it's, people think it's getting on people all the time. But it's comfort, consolation, encouragement, and counsel um, uh, to the members of the body in such a way that they feel helped and healed. Uh, tongues, um, there's a, a different types of tongues, but it's to speak to God in a language that they have never learned. Listen, to speak to God in a language they've never learned or to receive and communicate a message of God to his people through a divinely anointed utterance in a language that they have never learned. Um, and so I, I hope these really do help you as you kind of go through these and, and understand some of these gifts a little bit more um, in your times of study. Look up the scriptures and, and begin to pray. Um, yep. Okay, let's move on, continue. So, because I've got a few things I really want to hit. So we have these gifts coming to us to help the body of Christ. And why is Paul writing about them? Because there were issues. They were using spiritual gifts, but it was kind of chaotic. It was kind of a free-for-all. And one of the gifts that was, was being misused or overused was the gift of tongues. And we're going to see that. But there was just, it was kind of a free-for-all. People were going to show up to a, a service um, and there was all these prophetic words or prophecy, preaching, people sharing wisdom and knowledge and all this stuff. And then people would start having uh, tongues and it was just kind of chaotic. And so going into three, we're not going to preach all about love, but it's important to hit the first three verses. See, so he goes, listen, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels... That's, that's a gift of tongues, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers, prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so, so we've talked about some of the gifts, tongues, there's tongues, um, prophetic powers, understanding mysteries, knowledge. If I have faith, remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Here's, here's the gift of voluntary poverty, by the way, if you are taking notes. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, the gift of martyrdom. As I said jokingly before, that's a gift you only get to use once. If I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. So what is Paul saying? Is he saying that we shouldn't use spiritual gifts? No. That's not what he's saying. Is that what you've heard? Some of you have heard that. Some, sometimes when people talk about that, you start talking about a spiritual gift, immediately they go to 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah, 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 but if you don't have love, and they like make it sound like spiritual gifts aren't important. No, that's not at all what it's saying. It's saying that spiritual gifts are very important. That's why in just a minute ago he says, earnestly desire the greater gifts. That was the part that was going to give you encouragement if you don't like your gift. It's okay to desire gifts. It's actually okay, Lord, I'd like a, a greater gift. You know, give me that gift. But here, here's, here's the caveat in that. It's not up to you what you think is the greatest gift. 
It's up to God. God knows what the greatest gift is. There's no system like, well, prophecy is the greatest gift. It might, sometimes it sounds like prophecy is the greatest gift. But here, here, here's one, prophecy, foretelling. That's part of prophecy. Somebody comes in, they trip, they, they trip, down, the hall, they trip down the aisleway and they break their leg. The prophet goes, I saw that coming. Is, is that an important gift right now? That's not a very important gift. Gift of healing. Gift of compassion. He also had two cups of coffee without lids on, which is a no-no in here. You're supposed to have lids on your coffee. And he spilled it all over. Somebody jumps up, grabs a towel, and they clean up the mess. That was a nice gift, gift of service. Gift of exhortation might be, who put that chair there? Stop putting that chair there. Well, there's a part of that. We might need that. What's the greatest gift? It's not prophecy in that moment. It's whatever gift is needed in the moment. When you say, God, give me the greatest gift, I want the greatest gift, what you're saying is, I want to be open to be used in whatever situation you want me to be used in. Here I am, send me. So you're not stuck with just having a gift. God has given you a gift to use it, but, but if you're open, He might come upon you in a special moment, and, and, and then later you, won't, you might not even have that same gift. I know that there's people in here who've prayed for people and seen healing. I have. There was a girl, a, a woman in our, in our small group um, about 30 years ago, and it was, our, it was called the, the Timothy Group, and it was young, young adults, and a couple of them were married. And it was... Um, and one of the couples, the young couple, they hadn't been married very long. They were wanting to have a baby. And so they started going to the doctor because she wasn't getting pregnant. And they got news that she couldn't have a baby. And one night, in a time of worship, I really felt like we needed to pray for her. And, and so, I mean, really, I'm like, we, we, we need to stop. We need to pray for her right now because God wants to do something. So we prayed for her healing. And it was, you know, just felt like one of those neat spiritual moments. Somebody else said, hey, this other girl has a similar problem. Let's pray for her too. And I said, great, go ahead and pray for her. You know why? I didn't feel led to pray for her in that moment. We prayed for her, but I didn't feel anything. A couple weeks later, they went to the doctor and she was healed, and she ended up having a baby. The other girl, I'm not even sure for sure what happened, but it wasn't miraculous. That's only happened a couple of times where I prayed for people and actually know positively that they were healed. I don't walk in the gift of healing, but in that moment, I was, God said, we need a gift to move right now. Are you willing? And I said, okay, that can be you. It can be, just be open. So, that's desiring the higher gifts, desiring spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are important. But if you have a spiritual gift, but you don't have love, it's really worthless. So, so this whole section in 13, and it's a wonderful time, about what really love is um, and, and helps us understand that, it's about saying you need to be loving as you operate in your gift. It's an, just another teaching for us. If, if you have the gift of exhortation, you need to still do it in love. 
you have the gift of prophecy and you might know something's coming up, it better be done in love. If, if you're serving people, serving and helps, it should be done in love. Have you ever seen somebody, don't, nobody look around? Okay. You gotta, sometimes you've got to preface that because you just don't know what might happen. You ever, you ever have somebody like, you know, doing something around a house, a church or whatever, and they're serving, they're cleaning, and then all of a sudden you like go into their bathroom and they yell at you? Get out of there! I just cleaned it! I'm like, okay, I, I can see you're trying to have the gift of service by cleaning the bathroom, but you're lacking on the love part. <laughs> I just a silly, a silly example, but did you follow? We want to love. So you might have a gift, but, but also do it with, with love. I haven't cleaned the nursery bathroom yet. We're getting it ready for tomorrow. Would you mind using that little bathroom over there? Sounds better, doesn't it? If I can do all these things and have not love, I'm just a noisy gong doing my thing. And sometimes it's, look at me, look at me. I'm serving. I'm helping. I'm preaching. Okay, no. Let's, let's serve that for the edification and the building up of the body. I mean... This is an interesting one. If I deliver my body to be burned but have not love, I'm like, man, that's, I'm like, that person gets a, that just person gets a, a, an off anyways. They're, they're going to die for Jesus. They still have to die with love. Wow. It goes on. Love's patient. Verse 8, like I said, we're going to move a lot. This is where some people have said that the, the gifts have stopped because it says love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Some people try to interpret that saying that it passed away at the end of the apostles' age. And my thought is, did it get perfect at the end of the apostles? I mean, because this says when the perfect comes, the partial will go away. And I think when the apostles died, life didn't become perfect. When does life become perfect? When we get to heaven. Do you need prophecy if you're in heaven with Jesus? You don't need it. Do you need tongues? You don't need it. Do you need a supernatural gift of the wisdom or knowledge of the Holy Spirit? Not anymore. You've got it. It says you're known perfectly and you perfectly know all things. So that perfection is not here, it's there. That's why I don't believe any of these gifts have stopped, except we just don't see them as often as we would like or maybe need to. And is that him or us, or is it a combination? Why don't we see some of the gifts happening as often? I think a lot of time it's because we don't have the faith to step out and walk in them. But the other part is that he does it as he wills. People say that Jesus healed everybody. It's not true. Because there were still sick people that the disciples were healing after Jesus died. And, and they said, they've been there 30 years at the gate beautiful. Then how come Jesus didn't heal them? It wasn't time. So, so we have to be ready for the Lord to move in our midst. We know in part, we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. And then it goes, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, thought like a child, reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. We want to we wanna grow in our knowledge and grow in our understanding. Someday, we will be perfected. 
Right now, we're trying to figure it out down here. For now, we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Chapter 14, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. We're going to, sp- we're going to, go, we're going to go a little over. Um, I'll try to do this pretty quick and it'll, I don't, because I don't have to belabor it. This next section starts really talking about speaking in tongues, and I want to I want us to understand a little bit about the speaking in tongues. Um, I'm not going to ask if, if there's ever been questions about it because I don't want to point anybody out. Um, but this is definitely one of the most questioned gift in the Bible is tongues. Because of that, some people don't want to have anything to do with it because it's a little weird. Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. And you're like, right, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. Let me go over some, some passages. You can write them down if you want. They're probably on your paper. The first time that the gift of tongues is mentioned in the Bible is in Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost, which is, you know, 50 days from Easter. So we're going to come up on that. We'll probably talk a little bit more about the Holy Spirit falling out, falling on us. It says they were all in the upper room and they were praying, waiting for the promise that Jesus said was going to come. I'm going to send you the promise of the Father. Wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with the power from on high. They're there. They're praying. They're waiting, 120 of them, waiting for about 10 days. God, what a prayer meeting that was. Awesome. Awesome. And finally, it says the Holy Spirit descended and it sat on each of them, all of them, each of them, like tongues of fire. Each of them began to speak in tongues. The word in the Bible that you see is, is glossolalia. It, it means two words. It, uh, it means tongue and talk. So you've ever heard that from tongue talkers? That's actually literally what the word means, tongue talkers. And, and they began to speak in tongues is the, is the word we typically use. And it says that there were uh, thousands there. They were from 14 different nations. If you go and read Acts chapter 2, 14 different nations. It says that each one of them heard and understood the 120 people declaring the works of God in their own language. That's powerful. That is powerful. 120 people all speaking at the same time and a clear message was heard. And none of the, none of the disciples, they were all ordinary, unschooled, untrained people. They weren't educated. They didn't know these languages. It was a miracle that was happening, taking place. But there was no interpretation needed. There's no interpretation needed. The people understood in their own language. So that's one of the types of tongues right there. They were speaking to men, weren't they? The men heard them and understood in their own language. Acts chapter 2. Write that. Go read it later. After that, if you read through the book of Acts, at least five different times as people are getting saved, there's a reference to them getting filled with the Holy Spirit and at least three of those speaking in tongues. And that was actually the proof to them that they got filled with the Holy Spirit is that they spoke in tongues. How can we, one of them says, how can we prevent these guys from being baptized? The Holy Spirit fell on them just as it did on us at the beginning. What happened at the beginning when the Holy Spirit fell? They spoke in tongues. So the Holy Spirit comes and all these people are starting to speak in tongues. Okay? Now, in this 
in this portion, so, so that's one of the types of tongues is speaking a language that doesn't need an interpreter because somebody in the room speaks that language. That is really pretty cool. Now, I, I could speak in Spanish right now. It wouldn't be spiritual. Just, I, I mean, I, I could speak spiritually, but it wouldn't be a gift of the Spirit. I learned Spanish. That's not what the gift of tongues is. It's someone who doesn't know the language who feels moved upon, and all of a sudden they start speaking the language. Pretty cool. It's, it's a spiritual gift. There's another part of that spiritual gift, speaking in tongues, though, that says that if you use it in church, it needs to be interpreted. If you've read this, if you've been to a lot of churches, I don't want to name them, but they say, well, tongues are okay, but if there's a tongue in the church, it has to be interpreted. Well, that's because that's what Paul says. He says, listen, if, if there's going to be tongues, only two or three, it's in chapter 14, two or three at the most, and the, let there be an interpretation. Let all things be done for the building up. If any speak in tongue, let there be only two or at the most three, verse 27, each in turn, and let someone interpret. Okay. Now, we, this is a little hard to understand for sure, not hard to understand. There's two, two possibilities. We're in a group. Somebody starts speaking in a tongue, and there's somebody who speaks German here. Okay. I don't know if anyone speaks German, but... And, and, and they go, well, the rest of us don't, so could you please interpret what was just said to the person who doesn't speak English and who only speaks German, maybe? And God moved on, let's say, Steve, he starts speaking German, doesn't know German, starts speaking, and somebody over there goes, oh, that's awesome. And everyone else goes, hey, what did he say? Some people say that's what the interpretation is, and that's possible. Another is that he's speaking a heavenly language. He's speaking a, a, a language that really no one understands except God. He speaks a message. And then somebody else in the room gets an interpretation. Who speaks two languages? Anyone? Not too many people. There's a difference between interpretation and translation. At the UN, they don't have interpreters. They have translators. You need to know word for word what the person is saying. An interpretation is, this is the gist of what he was saying. Very different. When I was in Guatemala, I sometimes had to interpret the pastor's sermon back into English. It was, my Spanish is a lot better now. It's still difficult for me to do that. Back then, it was really funny. My interpretation went like this. Okay, so he's talking about in the book of Psalms, and wait, wait, just a second. Okay, so now he's talking about, I was interpreting the best I could telling you the gist of what was going on. So a tongue might be where somebody gets a message from God and they speak out, they don't know what it is, and so somebody in the room goes, oh, I feel like I have the interpretation of that, and it's a spiritual thing, and they give it. You go, okay. It's weird. I mean, I'm just saying that. It's weird. I've seen it. Some of you have seen it. It's different. But it's biblical, so we go, okay. The word has to be good, has to be biblical, has to be right. See it. Okay. And you're, this is kind of Sunday school. It's kind of Sunday school. Not very exciting. Here's the thing. In chapter 14, go down to verse 13. If one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret, verse 14, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. 
what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing with sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Otherwise, other people can't say amen. You may be giving thanks well enough. Go back up to verse 4. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Didn't I say that all the gifts were there to build up the church? Is, did Paul lie to us? Did I lie to us? Or is there something different here? The spiritual gifts that come upon people, service and miracles and prophecy, are to build up the church, but he's saying that the gift of tongues is there to build me up. It's because it's two different things. See, there is a part of the gift of speaking in tongues is a prayer language. It says, if I pray in the Spirit, if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. It's not for you. It's for me. I speak in tongues. My mind is unfruitful because I actually don't know what I'm saying. But my spirit is built up. Now, it says, pray to interpret it so that other people can be blessed. But if not, what, what is Paul's instructions here even? He says, if there is no one to interpret, he should, he, he, he should speak to himself and to God. Wait, wait. What do you mean, speak to myself and to God? This is to build up the whole body. Why am I speaking to myself and to God if it's to build everyone else up? If there is no interpretation, shouldn't it just be, don't say it? If, if speaking in tongues is only okay... When there's an interpretation, he would have said, if there's no interpretation, don't say a word. But he says, you say whatever it is you're saying to God. And then he calls it a prayer language. So we call it a prayer language. He says it's a prayer. People who are filled with spirit who speak in tongues, they say it's my prayer language. And you go, well, what are you saying? I said, I don't know. It's kind of weird. When I, I pray in tongues... I pray quietly because I don't want to distract anybody. Sometimes I pray in Spanish. When I pray in Spanish, unless I'm at a Spanish church, I pray quietly because I don't want to distract anybody. Gudrun, do you pray in Norwegian? I English more or Norwegian? English more. But you sometimes go to Norwegian, right? Yeah. If she started praying in Norwegian, would we throw her out? Would we say, you can't do that unless somebody interprets what you're praying? We might just say, hey, Gudrun, you're being too loud. Can you, can you pray a little quieter? Because if I pray in English too loud, you're hopefully going to tell me that too, unless I'm the one up front praying. If somebody's in the corner praying, but they're like, oh, God, I thank you so much for this day. You're like, too loud. Why don't you speak to yourself and to God? Does that make sense? So a prayer language, tongues, is very biblical, and you're praying to God. And you don't understand what you're saying. And you go, so what's, what's the point? Well, the point also becomes this, personal experience and what, what Paul says. I'm edified. Something happens when I pray in tongues. I'm edified. Jude 1.20, I believe, says, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. It's to build your faith. It's to build your spirit. It's, it's for you and God. Now, here's what's really cool. I mean, I think that's just really cool, honestly. But here's another thing that's really cool. Scientists always try to figure things out. That's what their job is, debunk things, figure things out. So people have been trying to figure out this tongue things for a long time. 
And in 2006, a neuroscientist from Pennsylvania School of Medicine said, I'm going to do brain scans on people speaking in tongues. <laughs> and I'm like, this is cool. Some of you are looking like I'm crazy. I am a little bit. Um, so they started studying people who were praying in tongues. And they would analyze these, 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 these uh, um, scans and compare them to other people who were doing similar things but not praying in tongues. They found that when people were trying to make stuff up, it looked one way. When somebody was trying, doing gibberish, it looked, um, it, it looked like these involuntary outbursts and different things. They found out that when people were praying in tongues, they, their brain went into this position like a trance, not focused meditation. It was like different parts of the body, the brain started lighting up. And it, they were in this now, but they were able to do everything and they could stop or start when they wanted. But their, the different things started lighting up. It became um, like this goal-directed prayer, not just these involuntary outbursts that when you hear somebody doing it, it's like, that just sounds like gibberish. It was focused. It was like, it was, it was amazing. And then it says that, that they began to see that um, well, I'm just going to read it. The team found that glossolalia was associated with both the reduction in circulatory cortisol and enhancements in alpha amylase enzyme activity, two common biomarkers of stress reduction that can be measured in saliva. Isn't that great? Cortisol is a stress hormone responsible for, for the familiar stress response known as the fight or flight reaction. When people were praying in tongues, their stress was relieved even though all of them says, I have no idea what I was talking about. It's, it, it's weird. I'm just saying the words that you're probably thinking. It's, it, it's, so God gave us the gift of tongues to speak to people who don't speak our language so that they can hear a message of God. God gave the gift of tongues in a church service to bring a message from the throne of God that somebody else interprets. It says, this is what I believe the Lord was saying. Somebody that's actually, I don't think she'll mind me pointing her out. Gudrun has the gift of, of tongues, and sometimes she'll, she's been in a service. I've been, we've been doing, we've been loving Jesus together for a long time. Um, and she'll have a message in tongues. Unless it's Norwegian, I don't know if I could tell the difference. <laughs> no, I, I, I believe it's tongues. And then somebody or her has interpreted the message you know, as, a, as an encouraging word from God. That's, another, that's for us, right here in this, this room. That would be encouraging, exhorting for us. Then there's this other part of tongues that is for me and God that I get built up on. That was my flyby. We, there's a lot more scriptures we could talk longer, but I wanted us to, to, to just look at some of these spiritual gifts, and I wanted to hit that one because that is one that people get really uncomfortable with and really misunderstood. Um, it comes down to faith, comes down to letting God be God and not us. Part of, the, part of walking with God is, is giving Him control. Now, I'm not saying He takes our tongue and does that. I just mean I don't have to be in charge of everything. I'm going to submit to you. And if you want to give me a gift and have some, pray for somebody, great. If, if you want me to have a word of wisdom or knowledge for somebody's situation, great. Discerning of spirits, that's a crazy one. That's not discernment, it's discerning of spirits. 
That means that you know when somebody's coming and they have the spirit of God or the spirit of the flesh or the spirit of the devil, and you know the difference. And a lot of people are like, oh, they just seem like a great guy. And you're like, uh, nope. How do you know? You're just you're being judgy. I don't know how I know. You know what it is? It's actually, and when they're right, they go, that's, that's a demon. They've got a demon in them. And then we pray for them and they just find out there's a demon. That's like spiritual gift. Isn't that a fun one to walk into a party with? A spirit, it's, a, it's a spiritual gift. A lot of these gifts, a martyrdom and, and, and voluntary poverty, these, sometimes these are hard gifts to walk in. Sometimes they're pretty neat and sometimes like, wow, really, Lord, you want me to do that? You want me to give my car away? Some of you have been moved upon to, to give huge gifts on people that even surprised you. We, we were the recipient of that once, more than once. But a huge, huge gift. I'd just been robbed. I'd just been mugged, actually mugged at knife point in Guatemala, and they stole my wedding ring and my, my computer and, and a whole bunch of stuff. And, and we were in a foreign country with no money, and, and my computer was how I did a, a lot of stuff down there. And, and we're like, what, what's going on? And, and somebody, somebody felt moved. And they were like, I think I want to help give a little bit of money. And they had just gotten a commission. And... and and they're like, wow, I, I mean, I feel like I'm supposed to give like $500. And this was in the early 2000s. That's a lot of money. And they said they heard the voice of the Lord say, no, I don't want you to give $500. I want you to give the whole commission, thousands of dollars. And they wrote a check. It was a supernatural gift and ability that moment. They, they had a gift. They're like, wow, okay. And they just, they did it. Now, here's what's really cool. The, the pastor, Jeff, at the time, ran the, he, he said, let's call the insurance company. He's a missionary. Let's see if our insurance will cover it. And the insurance goes, yeah, we'll cover the loss. The insurance company wrote a check for all my loss, thousands of dollars. So I had to, I, want, I didn't have to. I wanted to call the person who gave this because they told me the story. And I says, you need to know that the insurance ended up covering this and I can send the money back because we don't need it. And they, and they said, no, I think the Lord just wants you to keep it. We were able to open a new ministry center that we've been praying about with that money. It's awesome. It's a great gift. But it comes at un, you know, weird times sometimes. Let's, let's be open to the gifts that the Lord has for us and say, Lord, I want to be part of this. I want to be part of this because I, I want to be your hands and feet. And, and boy, if there is something that God could give to you that would empower your prayer language to, to connect you on with God in a, in a level that maybe you don't have, not, wouldn't you have right now, wouldn't you want that? Let's be open to that. Say, Lord, if, if, there's, if I can have this gift of weird gift of praying in a language I don't understand, but that something happens that I'm building myself up, I want it. I want it. Is that okay? Even if it's not, I'm the pastor. Just kidding. Just kidding. You know, we're going we're gonna to pray. Heavenly Father, your, your word is vast, and it's, it's deep, and uh, it's sometimes hard to just uh, get some of these topics in a short amount of time. Father, we thank you 
for the truth of your word, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit who indwells every believer from the moment we're saved, who's given us gifts to build up the body. Lord, we, I believe that we all want to be open to what you want to do in our lives. God, uh, even sometimes when it's uncomfortable, Lord, if there's something you have for us that we're not doing or walking in, we want to be open to it. We want it. Father, we, uh, so my prayer for all of us is that we would be open to what you want to do in and through us, that we could play our part in the body of Christ to build it up, to encourage it, to serve it, whether it's through a word or through helps or administration, whatever spiritual gift it might be. Father, we also want to be open to anything you want to do in, in, in through us as you, as, as the disciples time and time again, we're filled with the Holy Spirit again, filled with the Holy Spirit, fill us. We need that overflowing power and life of the Holy Spirit in our lives this morning. Fill us this morning. Lord, and I pray that, that you would just release gifts this morning that are there but maybe haven't been walked in or used. Release gifts all across uh, this sanctuary this morning, Father, in all of us. Give us the faith to step out into those in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So if you have complaints about the sermon, my email is jstangle, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my email, you can get me through the website. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's all there. If you do have questions, anything, please you know, feel free to contact. Have a great day. Palm Sunday, next Sunday, bring your palms. Uh, we're going to have a great celebration. We'll have some palm leaves here, but amen. Jeez, it's good to see you. It's been a while. Yeah. I do not believe why I'm here. Because all week I've been feeling that I haven't been doing enough and I need a dish. <laughs> 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 <laughs>